First uh, Corinthians 12, verse 12 says, for as the body is one, and that's very interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So God sees us. Mm -hmm. Okay, no matter where we attend a local assembly, mm -hmm. as, as his church, that's what we are, we are his church, and he has certain local assemblies for us that, that he uh, has, has led us to. But it says, for as the body is one, and has many members. And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. Isn't that interesting? And then it says this, so also is Christ. Ah. He doesn't see himself separated from the body. He doesn't see himself in any measure separated from any one of us as his the many that make up his one body. So that means he is intimately involved in us and with us as being our very life. So he is, he is our life and yet he is involved with us in our life in every single area. And that's what it says, so also was Christ. And then it says in verse 13, for by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. There's a lot of one going on here. There's one body. It's one body made up of many members. There are many members right now in heaven. And there are many members on the earth. Yet those that are in heaven that are with Christ and us right here on the earth still are one body. And Christ is intimately involved with all of those that are in heaven, but with all of those, us, mm -hmm. that are on the earth. It's a good thing, huh? <laughs> and then it says, for by one spirit, we all have the one spirit. Uh, Romans 8 verse 9 says that uh, we are not in the flesh. If so be that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, dwell in you. That means, and again, the Holy Spirit, He is, for us as believers, those that are Christ, He is the seal, the proof of ownership. That means, in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20, we are not our own. Isn't that a great thing? We are not our own. Imagine if we were. That would be pretty tough. If we were just our own. But we are not our own. Thank God for that. That we are not our own. We're not our own. And that's a great thing to consider. That we are definitely not our own. That means we are never alone. In other words, he is never separated from us. Never a second is he not intimately involved with every single detail of our life. We're not our own. We were bought with a price. And... and We've been bought by God the Father through Jesus Christ 
at a very at the highest expense that God could ever spend. And that's the very means of our life. Christ is our life, we've said before, and the scriptures are Colossians 3, verse 4. For, for Christ is our life. And as our life, he can't help but be who he is, intimately involved with every single detail of our life. And then it says again in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Isn't that awesome? Whether Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, have all been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. But it's still one body, with Christ as the one life, with the Holy Spirit, who is the one power, the energy source in us, in our experience to make real what we are in fact through Jesus Christ. We have so much going for us. We have God the Father, who in Romans 8.32, He spared not His own Son, but He gave Him up freely to us all. Thereby, no one can bring a charge against us. Why? Because God won't. Christ has dealt with it as our very life. Then all he does, continually now, in Romans 8, verse 34, Hebrews 7, verse 25, Hebrews 9, verse 24, he ever lives to make intercession for us. That's a great thing. So we are his body. Ephesians 5, verse 30 says that we are his body, flesh and bone. Think about that. His very life has been made very one with everything about us right now. Not a thing has been left undone. Uh, Matthew 10, verse 30, Luke 12, verse 7, he numbers the hairs on our head. Uh, he bottles in Psalm 56, verse 8, he bottles all of our tears. In Revelations 5, verse 8, all our prayers are like in a bowl, and they go up to him as incense. And what a beautiful thing that is. So, and then 1 Corinthians 12, verse 22 says, Nay, much more, these, those members of the body, which seem to be more feeble. Think about that. Do you think that every single one of those, because it says those that seem to be feeble. Listen, we have no idea how weak we are. We don't. None of us do. But we are so weak and so frail. I don't care. Every single one of us are weak and frail. That's why it says the members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, look what it says, are necessary. Because God will use the feebleness or the weakness of another body member, really, to almost prepare and teach us, listen, you're just as weak. Maybe you're not sensing it just right now because of your circumstance or your situation. 
but you can mark it down. We're all feeble. We're all very weak. And, it's, and God will even use the weakness that we have to make it necessary, and to become necessary, to really teach us His strength. And that we can't do without it. Then in verse 23, And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable. Now notice what it says. God doesn't think that. First of all, he knows that every one of us are weak, whether we know it or not. Whether we function like that. And by the way, and, and, and he's faithful to reveal to us just how weak we are. Mm -hmm. So that we can depend upon him as our strength because we don't have any in ourselves. We certainly have it in him. He's in us, Christ in us in Colossians 1.27. But he draws us near to the truth and the fact of the strength of his life that's ours through weakness. That's why it's necessary. And he can even use the weakness of another to show his strength coming through them, to teach us all kinds of things, not only about ourselves, but about him. He's our strength which we think to be less honorable. Does he think that, that they're less honorable? Absolutely not. Should we then think that we are less honorable just because we are weak? No. No, not at all. But those that we think to be less honorable, upon these we are to what? We are to put on, it says, and it's beautiful the way it says it, more abundant honor. Mm. Uh -huh. Beautiful. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, maybe at that moment, and were maybe comely or built up because of that circumstance and situation where God has really come through and blessed us and is keeping us. Those that are even don't even realize how weak they are, the reason really is because in 1 Peter 1 verse 5, we are kept by the power of God. So while he's keeping us in this power, we don't think in that certain sense or that place that we have any need. But what does it say? But God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. And you know what that's saying? Listen, God at certain times and certain periods in a local assembly has built others up and come through for them marvelously in ways. And they've become a supply to build up those that maybe are in a circumstance or a situation where they absolutely need the life of Christ in another vessel that they can't do without at that time. And that's what he's teaching here. For our comely parts may have no need. You mean never have a need? <laughs> of course we all do at times. There's no question about it. 
And we need to depend upon the Christ in one another. That's why we gather together as a local assembly. That's, we all have a portion. We do. And an amazing portion. And every one of us has a gift, too. Every single one of us. And it's very necessary that, that God has given it to us, not only for our benefit, but for the benefit of others. Having given more abundant honor to that part which lacks. So God has given us a supply, not only for us. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 23, verse 5, my cup overflows, my capacity overflows. In other words, he'll give me more than I need because he wants it to flow over into another in the body that needs it. And we supply one another, by the way. We are. People are a supply. Just by their presence, just by your presence. Uh, a believer could be going through something and just with those precious members showing up can edify and be a source of comfort and a source of hope and a source of, uh, and cause us to be, and give us faith to be dependent on him. And that's a beautiful thing to, to realize tonight. Why? That in verse 25, that there should be no schism, no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Isn't that amazing? Okay. God came through. Christ comes through for us. Being our life in an amazing way with an abundant supply. And then he gives us the opportunity by being that vessel for that life that he's given us to flow through and be the care for the other person. And that really, what he's doing is, he is really causing all of us to be one with the flow of that life that flows through us, through each vessel. And in a way, we become a poured out life for one another. Right? Uh, he that waters himself, I believe it's Proverbs 11, verse 25. Uh, the liberal, it says the liberal soul will be made fat. Liberal with receiving, right? Continually receiving a beautiful supply. Uh, Philippians 4, verse 19. My God will supply all my need, your need, through singular, your need, we are that need, by the way. Hello. We are that very need. That's who we are. But God supplies it through the limitless, abundant riches in Christ. And he pours it in us, gives us way more than we need. He does. And it may not seem it at that time, but you will see eventually that God will bring you and I to that place where he so filled us he can pour us out. We become a vessel in his hand that he can use and he can pour himself into another vessel. That same life. Yeah. Also, that's why Ephesians 5 verse 21 says, submit yourselves one to another. Okay? It doesn't say just submit yourself to the pastor. It doesn't say that. It says, and and we should, but we should submit ourselves to one another. 
And that means that the Basa submits himself in that area to the body. Why? Because he has needs too. And God has designed those needs to cause us, in his love and his mercy, to depend upon another vessel. Because God will give that person what that pastor might need. Mm -hmm. And probably death's need. Because that's the way he does it. And then he submits in love to them and he's free to receive that portion that God has for him through that vessel to be poured into him. But that's the way the body works. Mm. And I mean, he may, give, he, may, he may have gifted the pastor, that's great. But who gifted him? Ephesians 4 verse 8, it's Christ. That's right. And then that gift is poured out, right? Because it's the very life of Christ in, in incredible measures in teaching and preaching, but it flows through him to the other body members, and there will come a time when that person needs it, but flow through him to those other vessels, and could be down the road where he needs that life coming right back to him, and we submit to one another. And that's how it works. That's what it's saying here, because you see that there should be no lack in the body. Is a pastor a part of the body? Is he? Yes. Is he a sheep? Just as much as anybody else? Absolutely. And we all are. And I'm not picking on pastors, I'm not, but I'm just saying that they're just as weak and frail as the next person right next to them. Doesn't, just because, and it's great, and God's given them a gift, that's fine. But he's given all of us a gift. That's right. That gift is Christ, first and foremost. That's what it says here, we read it. We're Christ's body. That's right. And that same life flows through. And we all have that spirit. 1 John 2.20, we have an unction. Romans 8.16, the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit, each individual spirit. You are a child of God. In other words, you have his life. You have certain rights as a child of God. You have the right to minister Christ to one another. And you have a right, when you're weak and frail, to receive life from one another. So it says that there should be no division, no schism in the body, but that the, the members should have the same care one for another. Isn't that amazing? Christ will not only be the supply for our need, but with that supply comes his care, not just for us, but for other members that wants to pour through us. That's it's amazing, it really is, it's amazing. And then finally, this is what it says in verse 26, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. That's why when you and I go through something, we're not to consider ourselves a problem, we're not to consider ourselves a burden, we're to consider it a privilege to be able to receive. Just as much as to give, it's a privilege that's been given to us. And by the way, it's a right. Mm -hmm. It's a right that Jesus Christ has given us as a very life in a local assembly to pour himself through. Mm -hmm. So whether one suffer because of that care of Christ that he pours through each vessel, we all suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it because it's one body. 
No jealousy. No envy. Because if God blessed that one person in that local assembly, he did it to be a blessing for all. And that's the beauty of it. Well, and then if so, if one member is honored, then all the members rejoice with it. Becomes a means of us saying, thank you, God, for what you've given. And that's why these different men that, uh, that, uh, that God has given me, and most of the men that I consider to be my pastors, they're all in heaven. But God is still using what he gave them years ago to still give to me, to give to us. See how it's just, his life is flowing through. Continue. He is so faithful to do it. And it's still fl flowing through. And then we can all rejoice. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. Think about that. God has designed in a local area members in particular. In other words, he himself fits the need of the individual and then he sends the individual to a local assembly to fit the need of everyone else. Isn't that amazing? It's the way it works. And that's why we all gather around Jesus Christ. He's our center. He's the one that we gather around. He's the one that we all receive our life from. And he's the one that's given us the privilege to give that life and to be that supply for one another. And that's why it says, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets. Again, here prophets is not talking about Old Testament prophets. Because they're not, they weren't a part of this new thing, the body of Christ. These are New Testament prophets, those that prophesied, those that he gave these epistles, uh, these church epistles to. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. By the way, next time you pass by a mirror, look in it. You and I are a miracle. We have Christ in us. That's a fact. That's right. And he doesn't want us to get familiar. And all familiarity is, is not seeing ourselves and who we really are in Christ, by the way. That's right. And then not seeing who another member is in Christ. Isn't it awesome? Not knowing anyone after the flesh. That starts with ourselves. 2 Corinthians 5.16 But we are all brand, we are a brand new creation in Christ. The brand new body, the one body, is the brand new creation in 2 Corinthians 5.17. A brand new creation. And what comes out of a brand new creation? A brand new karicha. <laughs> We're brand new. That's right. Old things are passed away. They already have. Really? Yeah. Did you do something old? Did you fail in the old? Yeah, well, that just it was passed away. That's why in 1 John 1, 9, we just simply confess it. We confess that Jesus dealt with it. We don't put ourselves on probation. Like we've said before, we don't get in the closet, pull the rope that has the boot on the end of it, <laughs> and boot ourselves until we think, is that enough, God? Have I done enough? 
You're doing it for nothing. My son already took care of it. You're not your failure. You're not your sin. You're not how you treat yourself outside of me. And you're not how someone treated you. You're brand new. You're brand new. I have made you a supply. I've given you a supply. I am your supply. And I've made you as a vessel with the supply of my life to pour it out. And just maybe at times when you think you're so weak, it probably is true that his strength is pouring through you. Yeah. Pouring through you. So God has set some in the church, really. It's really the local assembly. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing. You know what a smile can do? A kind word. God will use that to heal someone. It could change their whole day. Why? Because in Psalm 107, verse 20, he sent his word. How? Jesus is his word through a vessel to someone, and it could just be a smile. A whole a smile. A loving smile, a hug. One little word. Hey, I love you. Hey, I'm praying for you. Tell me that that's healing. This healing in the life of Christ in a vessel. Loving one another, being faithful. Being faithful. How, how are we how are we being faithful? Receiving his faithfulness towards us. That's right. Causes us to even depend on him more and more and more. Uh, gifts of healing, then helps. Notice how they're all, they all come from the life of Christ. They all do. Helps, just helps. Really? I didn't really do anything. Really? That's not how God measures it. Mm -hmm. He measures everything through His Son. And by the way, He's one with us. That's right. God the Father gave His Son to be one with us. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> when we function in that, it glorifies the Father, glorifies Christ, and it blesses us, and boy does it bless others, doesn't it? So as we close this up, and then it says diversities of tongues, languages, words that we can use. He says, are all, prophet, are all apostles? Of course not. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? All kinds of them. Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? In other words, a linguist, that's all it's saying. The Greek word is glossolalia. Known foreign languages, folks. No other kind. It's very clear. Do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet I show unto you a more excellent way. And that's why it goes, and remember, there's no chapters and verses in the original. Those are man-made. Then it goes right into this, to the love chapter. And every one of these gifts that he just mentioned, are awesome when the love of God through Jesus Christ is flowing through them. Then you don't differentiate those gifts. Then you don't compare yourself with those gifts because you're so occupied with the love of God flowing through our center, who's Jesus Christ. And that flows in you and builds you up and you are completely satisfied 
with who you are in Christ, who Christ is in you, with that particular gift that you have. And if it comes from the same life, how could you compare one gift with a, well, I really don't think I'm something. Really? You don't? Well, that's not what the Word says. That's not how God sees us. He sees us perfect in Christ. And He's given us a gift that He wants to use to pour out. And when love has ca captured us continually, we're more than a conqueror. Romans 8, verse 37. Through Him, that loved us. So he loves us, and he wants to pour up through his love, through that little, what is it? Could it just be a smile? We don't have any idea just how much. A lot of times we don't have an idea how much he's using us. We really don't. A smile, a hug, a word. It's all the same. It comes from the same life that we can have. So Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for Christ, who is your precious precious word. We want to thank you for giving him to us. Thank you for you, Lord. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for each and every body member, and there is no division as far as you're concerned. We are one. There is one body with many members, and thank you that you've given us a love that flows through, and that love has nothing divisive in it. Not when it flows from you, through Christ, no. Many members, one body. And thank you, Father, for that truth. And, and we just thank you for the privilege of being so loved and so filled with that love that it flows out to others to help them. In Jesus' name.